Welcome to Big Time Adulting, the podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Murray, and I'm here to take it deep with you on adulthood, womanhood, motherhood, and whatever other things end in hood that we can think of. It's going to be real, it's going to be honest, and we are going to laugh until a little pee comes out. If you've been looking to find a podcast to relate to as a woman and a mom, and you're kind of awesome, which you definitely are, subscribe now. Hello, my friends. Uh, welcome back to this this thing I'm doing. It's called the podcast. It's called the Big Time Adulting Podcast, in case you didn't listen to the intro and you don't know where you are right now. Sometimes we all get a little confused. Um, anyway, I did a poll on my Instagram asking people what they wanted for the next topic of a podcast. Was Would it be COVID or would it be fitness? And fitness was favored. And even though I am still sort of semi-obsessed over COVID and it's driving me mother effing crazy, uh, it's probably better for my mental health not to talk about it anymore. So fitness it is. And fitness is actually, uh, this is a good segue because fitness is what I use to help myself when it comes to my mental health um, and to manage anxiety. So just to give you a little background about my fitness history and uh, my body history, maybe I've I've not always been as small as I am now. I've always been fit, but since I became a mom, I got skinnier um, post motherhood. Um, maybe that sounds kind of annoying. I don't know. It's just what happened to me, and I think it happened for a number of reasons. Um, I used to be a solid like. 20 to 30 pounds heavier when I was playing college sports and when I was younger. And I'm 5'10", so I was pretty much a beast, like really strong and solid, but a lot bigger than I am now. And by the way, I was happy with my body then because even if I wasn't like slender, skinny, I had a lot of confidence because I liked how strong I was. Like, I would come into a bar and pound a beer and start doing the worm across the dance floor in like a pair of khakis. And I wasn't one of those girls drinking vodka sodas and wearing a tube top. And that was fine by me. And for the record, I met my husband when I was like that. So there. Um, Now, that being said, I, at that point, never paid attention to a single solitary fucking calorie that entered my mouth. I ate everything. I ate the damn house down every day of my life. And it was amazing. Like I had no grasp on nutrition really for the most part. Like I thought wraps were the healthiest thing going. Like you could put pretty much anything inside of a wrap, throw like, you know, some Skittles and some chicken fingers inside of a wrap and call it health food pretty much. But then I graduated and I started working at a desk job. And I I guess I knew that if I was going to be sitting around all day and not working out like a college athlete works out anymore, that things were going to change. And I 
had a friend who was in a really similar position as I was. We went to college together. She was also an athlete. You know, we were out partying a lot and uh, I was continuing to kind of eat the same way that I did in college for the most part without a care in the world. And she started doing Weight Watchers and I can remember it had been like a few weeks since I last saw her and I we went out together one night and I was like, holy shit, you look amazing. What have you been doing? And so she told me about Weight Watchers and I think it's a really great program, um, for me, what it did, I, I think I downloaded not the app because I didn't have an iPhone then, I'm pretty sure, but you know, I signed up on their website. I never went to like the meetings or did the weigh-ins, but I read about it and I, I counted the points and things. And, and what it did for me was to help understand portion control and that I could still eat what I wanted, but that I had to do it a lot more mindfully than I had been doing in the past. Like I would still get a burger if I wanted it, but I wouldn't, you know, consistently become a member of the clean plate club at every meal. And that's how I grew up. And I think eating was almost like a competition. Like the more you ate, the better. And it, that at that point in my life, I really shifted my mentality around eating and like, you know, that it was okay not to finish everything and that being overly full was not the goal I needed to aim for and just to be satiated as good. So this is not to say that I don't ever overindulge. I have days that I do not eat mindfully whatsoever and I just let it go or I'll treat myself. But generally speaking, like, if I'm going to have a piece of cake now, I take a smaller piece of cake on purpose. Whereas when I was younger and not mindful at all, I would get the biggest piece of cake I could get my paws on pretty much. And now I just, I don't have that sense of being mad at myself for overeating or feeling sick, you know, like I used to probably just from overeating more than I needed to. And when I cook, I cook to make things taste good. I use butter and oil, but I don't overdo it. And I generally use like healthy ingredients. Breakfast is maybe like, I mean, by the way, why do we talk about this? Who gives a shit what I'm eating? But like, I want to know what other people are eating too. Like when I see what posh spices daily, Cal like meal plan is I'm like oh what is this what does she eat and it's like three pieces of lettuce twice a day um and I'm like yeah fuck that she's gonna break in half but anyway for me breakfast is usually like eggs with an English muffin or an English muffin with a nut butter and honey um lunch is maybe a salad or a soup god I love a soup like I I try not to go for a cream-based soup I love a split pea soup call me crazy, call me a 90 year old, see if I care. Um, or I'll have a small sandwich or I'll make little sacrifices at lunch or during other meals. Like if I want to have a cookie, if I know, cause I have a sweet tooth, if I'm going to have a cookie after lunch, then I'll forego the cheese on my sandwich. Or maybe I'll have a couple of turkey roll-ups and not have the bread if I want to have a cookie. And then dinner is usually like protein and vegetables for my husband and I. Um, some examples might be like last night we had this frozen cauliflower gnocchi that you get from Trader Joe's. I think it's wonderful. It really kind of fulfills that pasta craving in a weird way. Don't make fun of me. Um, but I threw in some chicken sausage and like sauteed kale with that, or we'll do zoodles. Um, 
I should probably be arrested for using words like zoodles, but you know, zucchini noodles um, with shrimp and like a red sauce or a spicy red sauce, make it kind of pretend like it's pasta. Listen, I know it's not pasta. I know it doesn't exactly taste like pasta, but I make sacrifices like that so that on the weekend when I want to eat the real pasta, I can go for it. And anyway, I almost always have a sweet treat at the end of my dinners, or like I just said, I have a sweet tooth, but I also try to keep that moderate. I'll have like a Yasso. I love those Yasso Greek yogurt bars or like a smaller piece of chocolate or something after dinner. Um, And if you've listened to me at all in the past or on Instagram, you know, I also love alcohol. Uh, Maybe it would be better if I didn't love it so much. I try to moderate it and cut it out on the weekdays wherever possible. But I have been known to throw a few back on the weekend. Um, So that's also part of my lifestyle. But I guess what I'm saying is if your goal is to get healthier, I, I truly believe that weight loss is about what you eat. But weight maintenance and a healthy body is about strength and exercise. So I've moved to a point in my life where my bodily goals, yeah, they have to do with the way I feel when I'm at a certain weight or the way that my clothing fits me. But my my ideals have really shifted towards maintaining my health as I age. And I think that's something that always helps keep me on track and motivated. The idea of being healthy because the older we get, the harder it is to get in shape and the more health issues we are likely to encounter. And the more I'd like to avoid that because health, in case you didn't know it, is fucking wealth. Um, And you can always start, you can always do it, but making it part of your lifestyle, making it part of my lifestyle is really important to me. And so, you know, Let's just start with saying the perfect body does not exist. Unless you are militant about exercise and what you eat, or if you're 20 years old or just an absolute freak of nature, there is nobody out there with a perfect body. Um, We all have our problem areas. We all have things about our bodies that we're critical of. Me, we all have cellulite. My stomach is my problem area. It's really fucked up after three pregnancies and three sections, three C-sections, I have a couple of hernias. I have diastasis recti, which is the separation of your abdominal wall from pregnancies. My belly button's all kind of fucked up. I call it my little micro penis. It just popped right out and never went back in. Maybe I'll have surgery to fix it at some point, but we'll see. I'm not in any rush because Luke, the little one, is still dependent on me to carry him places. And I just can't take off a few weeks of life to fix my micro penis belly button right now. But back to fitness, the biggest question and and strength and and maintaining a healthy body, the biggest question I got from people was how to fit in fitness with kids and or work. Now, depending on how your child care structure is set up, if you work, I often found it easier to work out on days when I was working than since than since becoming a stay-at-home mom. Because when I was working, I would just build that into the end of my day. I'd go for a run in the park after work or do a circuit or I'd scoot out at lunchtime and hit a spin class. And I always carved out that time when I knew my kids were in somebody else's care. I took advantage of that. 
now that I'm not working anymore and I don't have a desk job, first of all, something that helps, I think, not having a desk job is being constantly on the move. And that helps a lot in general. And I think that people underestimate maybe how much they can do for themselves with small changes and more movement in general. For instance, consistently parking your car a little further away from the store you're about to enter. And using that as an opportunity for more movement, like step counters are a good way to motivate for that. I no longer use a step counter because I've made that part of my habitual, you know, day to day to look for more movement. Um, and I know that I move a lot and I really don't give a fuck how many steps I took, but if you're someone who's never paid attention to that before, or you don't have any gauge on how much you're moving within a day right now, you might want to kickstart yourself with like a little Fitbit, or if you have an Apple watch or something like that, use those apps that track your steps. Now, this is when my son was diagnosed with cancer, I had to find new ways to exercise. Prior to that, I was home part-time with my kids. And on those days, I would take them to the gym and I had this kids club that we would go to that they had built in childcare that I could leave them for an hour. But after he got sick, that was not an option. And we were just home all of the time. And I still carved out time for exercise probably five days a week then, and that's because it was my sanity. I'm not saying that to brag or anything like that. I'm just saying that to make a point that scheduling it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy time of life, but I I prioritized movement and exercise because I needed to do that for my mental health. My I always feel, feel like when I'm at my most anxious, my heart rate is up from anxiety that if I can kind of get my heart rate up with exercise, it will bring my heart rate back down to a good, a better resting heart rate after I've exercised. And I've always been an anxious person, but it wasn't until after my son got sick that I realized how helpful exercise was for my mental health and how much I now I rely on that just as a real outlet for myself for sanity. So Pretty much every day while my daughter was napping, I would throw on some kind of TV show for my son and I would go into the next room and take 25 or 30 minutes of exercise and then take another 20 minutes or so to go shower and get dressed for the rest of the day. And I do not feel guilty about that at all. I think sometimes moms feel guilty about taking that time away or throwing a show on for their kids so that they can just take some time out for themselves to exercise. We should not feel guilty for prioritizing our freaking health. Working out is not a luxury. It is part of having a healthy lifestyle. And, you know, not everything's going to go according to plan. Naps aren't always going to run on schedule. So maybe you need to be flexible that day and the baby wakes up in the middle of the nap. So maybe you're doing some jumping lunges and squats while you're in the kitchen with your kids, followed by, you know, a 20 minute dance party, which is always also good movement. Um, people ask me if dancing is the way that I stay fit. It is not the way that I stay fit. I always have like 
that's always sort of on top of exercise that I do during the day, but that's not my form of exercise, but it's a great way to add movement to your day. Um, there's a lot of body weight workouts that are out there that are awesome. Kayla, it's sinus has this, um, she's on Instagram. She has a gazillion followers. So maybe you've heard of her, but she gives examples of body weight workouts that require zero equipment that you can do at home. I'll put her Instagram link on show notes in case you want to go check her out. Um, but I taught myself to exercise independently after college because after always having been forced to do it for sports, I didn't have to prompt myself. So I knew that if I wanted to remain healthy and strong, that it was going to be my responsibility to do that. And now that it's part of my daily life, I really crave it and I feel like I can't live without it. But if you're not there yet and you hate exercise and you have a mil million excuses as to why you can't do it, I get it. I've been there. But if you want to make it part of your life, I recommend just starting out doing something easy, just going for a walk. Or if you can't get out for a walk because you don't have anybody to watch your kids, download an app that you can stream on your TV. Like Peloton has a great app that you don't need to own a bike for that has new classes out every day that, you know, range from 10 minutes to an hour. So, and that you don't need a single piece of equipment in order to accomplish them. And, and they're great. And so what do I do now? Um, my exercises now pretty much consist of, I'd say about a minimum of four days a week. And I vary what I do. Some days it's a 20 minute Peloton where I push myself super hard and just get a great sweat, but it's quick and it's over. And other days I'll do that. Maybe I'll add on a circuit to that and really kind of kill it that day. Or other days, it's just a walk, a nice long walk or a light body weight circuit. Um, but the moral of the story is, is that I don't have anything set. I do what works with my schedule and I do what I can and what I feel motivated to do that day, depending on my energy level. So it's fluid. And the bottom line is really that Fitness is not just going to magically come to you. There's no quick fix. Like none of those stupid diets or whatever, I don't think that that works. I think it's a shift in your mentality for a long-term commitment to your physical health. But you have to get off your ass and make it happen. It's not just going to happen. There's no, you know, one program to follow and because inevitably you're going to get sick of a program. You know, you have to vary what you do and make it work for you and make it work for that day. And there are plenty of days that I don't feel like doing something extra on top of all the shit that I deal with within a day as a mom. And on those days I say, you know what, I'll start with doing something for 10 minutes. Maybe I'll hop on the bike for 10 minutes, or maybe I'll do a quick body weight circuit for 10 minutes or a Tabata where I pick three exercises and alternate them through 40 seconds on 20 seconds off and run it through for 10 minutes. Um, and then I'll see if I have a little more gas in my tank and maybe I'll add on another five or 10 minutes of something. But 
if you don't have another five or 10 minutes in you on any given day, then fuck it. There's always tomorrow, but at least you did something. So instead of saying not today, I'll say I'll do something for 10 minutes today and see where that takes me. Because even adding 10 minutes of targeted exercise onto your day as a mom who's, you know, constantly doing stuff and moving anyway over time, I think that makes a real difference. And just starting is off the key is as often the key. Stop thinking about starting it and just start. And the older I get, the more I care about my own health as it pertains to fitness and healthy eating. And I think that so much of where I strive to be is in a place of moderation. I, I try to stay away from extremes, whether it's, you know, giant portion sizes on one extreme or at the other end where, you know, people are weighing their food or never eating sugar. And I feel like neither of those things are would be healthy for me at the root and would definitely not be sustainable. And I think I'm at a point in my life where I can realize that the results aren't going to be immediate and that is okay. And it is, it is a long journey and a process and it's okay to be patient with it and just to adopt it as a lifelong process, because I, I truly think that's the only way to see continued results is to do something in moderation that really works for you. So what I can say is that if you're looking to find time, there is truly no excuse why anyone cannot start to carve out 20 minutes of your day three times a week. Even four should be manageable, but start with three if you're having trouble motivating. If you want to find it, you'll find it, but you and only you have the power to make the effort. No one else can do it for you. And I'll tell you what, after a few weeks, it'll become a lot easier and you'll start to feel stronger and you can make your workouts more intense if you want to. And I think you'll probably start to crave that feeling of having worked out and you'll feel so empowered for having committed to doing something and accomplished it. Um, anyone can do this. I know everyone has varying levels. Like for instance, I have a babysitter now who comes two times a week. And on those days, I usually use that as like a an opportunity to take a longer workout and go for a walk, but it's not like a harder workout. It's just, I take more time maybe in nature. I know not everybody has um, you know, the ability to have a babysitter. So, or maybe a family member around that can help you with your kids. If you can't do that, use nap time. Like there's always use the early morning, use the time, you know, when your husband gets home after work, if you're a stay at home mom and home with the kids all day, take that 20 minutes to yourself to add in a little routine. Like, you know, Everybody varies of when they want to do things. So you have to do what's right for you and when you feel motivated to do it. But I'm going to leave you with this. If you need a little motivation today, get off your ass right this minute and do something for 10 minutes. Start today. Go ahead. Get going. Thanks for listening. Wishing you all the best of luck with your fitness goals. Later, skaters. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're looking for any of the resources from the episode, you can check them out in show notes. Again, if you liked listening, I'd love it for you to subscribe. Until next time, peace out.